Well, welcome to the Bill Bennett Show. We expose the existential threats to America and discuss the news of the day, focused today on Taiwan and how to handle it. And boy, I think this is brilliant. Not by me, but by Bing West. He joins us today. He's a former Assistant Secretary of Defense for Ronald Reagan, and he is a combat Marine. He's also a New York Times bestselling author. His latest book, The Last Platoon, a novel of the Afghanistan War. The Navy. First of all, do we have the Navy we need right now? Physically, in terms of the ships, etc., they are in dire straits, and they need they need more ships. They they just need a larger budget. Period. In terms of the morale, you know, because fight the way you are, and great faith and confidence in the submarine crews, great faith and confidence in pilots. And very mixed message about the surface line force and, and whether it has competence and zest that it needs. What's the surface line force? The ship guys, guys on the ships? That'd be the destroyers and the crews, yes. Okay, okay. Underwater, you're confident in the subs, and up in the air, you the pilot's good, right? Correct. Let's go to Taiwan, and let's look at Taiwan and China. This is for dummies, and I'm a dummy. Why do people talk about China going to Taiwan, taking over Taiwan in 2026? Why not tomorrow? What are they waiting for? It's the leader of China. It's it's the chairman, Z. My interpretation of him, and I get this from people you know who really are the experts, not me, is that there's an adventurism in him that people don't recognize, and it really concerns our military, and that is... His model is Mao Zedong, and he believes that Mao's biggest problem was Mao backed down a couple of times when he shouldn't have. But Mao was extremely impetuous and emotional when he had um, the uprising in, in 1966, the Little Red Book, etc., and threw over an entire class in China. And our military and intelligence people believe Z wants to leave a record that he was the best leader. Taiwan is is the is the burr in his saddle that gives him a great opportunity in his mind. And therefore they're worried that sooner or later he's going to call us out and see if we'd actually fight. Why why five years from now? Why not today? Uh we got a president who might not fight back. Uh or very possibly going to be stronger in five years, depending on elections and things. Um, and, um, you know, uh, couldn't they couldn't they pull it off now? Why not now? I mean, given what you just said, it seems to me to argue for now from their perspective. No, my judgment, the answer is no, because their military still is very wary of what we have achieved in the past and operationally. However, your hypothesis, Bill, about the future, I have a different view. And that is, if you look five years from now, both of us should be frightened because we have one of two choices and both are bad. Let's face it. President Biden is um, senile and those who are handling him and he are afraid of engagement. And therefore, he ran away. Look at his track record from Afghanistan. So if he's reelected. Things look better for Z four or five years from now than they do now. The alternative is Trump is the only other candidate. 
And Trump came out with this article the other day in in, an interview that was absolutely bizarre, but it is Trump, where he said Z was excellent. So I don't think either of those, we're going to have one or the other as president, and both of them, Z thinks he can take to the cleaners. And I think he might be right. Why five years? Well, simple. He he wants to, if, if, if Biden continues to deteriorate, we become weaker. Okay. And it enhances his freedom of action. If Trump becomes president, his total erraticism and his love affair with Z gives Z an opportunity. Z doesn't want to fight. He just wants to gradually push us out of there. And I the see. longer the longer we we have one of two presidents, either both of whom will quail before him, he, he's in good shape. That's that's bad news for me and the way I look at it. C doesn't want the fight. He does not want the fight. It's not a fight oh, that he thinks no. he can win. Okay. Okay. Because we are actually stronger than a lot well, of people no, say. It, 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 well, I, number one, I believe we are stronger. But the critical variable is if you have a fight for Taiwan, Japan must be on our side and fight. Sure, sure. Because our air bases within... 400 miles of Taiwan to defend them are in Japan. And if Japan says, no, we're staying neutral and you cannot use your air bases here, we're screwed. So that's a pretty good bet, isn't it? That's a pretty good bet. Well, see, now you get to what I believe about war. Once you start down that road, the uncertainties are so mammoth. Yeah. Anyone should back away. Would Japan fight for us? A lot would depend upon what Trump or Biden did. And if both of them indicated that they were scared, why should Japan leap in? Okay. I got you. Let's go to your piece. What should be the U.S. strategy? I, I was fascinated by what you said um, for the for the for the benefit of the listeners who haven't read your piece yet, but will after they hear this interview. What what do we do? What would be a well, smart start- way to play it? Let's start right now with the with the problem. The problem is that we say we may or may not fight for Taiwan. We we call it strategic ambiguity yeah, to keep yeah. Z happy and, and not upset any apple carts. The problem with that, and more and more Americans in the, uh, are coming to this conclusion, the problem with that is that Z's pushing. And as long as he thinks we won't fight, then that's what he really wants is just to push us out without ever having to fight. And this is what I suggested in my piece. Look, we have this strategic ambiguity and neither President Biden nor if Trump gets reelected, neither of them are going to change that. They're not. They're not going to come out and say they're going to fight. However, either of those people, if they're there and Z begins to push Neither of them wants to go down as the Neville Chamberlain of the 21st century, the man who chickened out. So the logical thing either of them is going to do is declare sanctions. Now, ordinarily, sanctions are a joke. We've we've seen with Russia and Iran. Yeah. But here's where the U.S. Navy comes in. And, And I hope the Navy picks up on this. Look, the Navy, the Navy has a trump card that we haven't played. The Navy, if you say a sanction, you mean, well, are we going to let Chinese ships and aircraft go everywhere in the world? And the president says, well, no, 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 we can't do that. And then, then the 
the Navy says, well, sir, then why don't we have a quarantine just like we did in Cuba in 1962 when Russia put nuclear weapons there? And the president says, okay, so we declare a quarantine until this whole matter of Taiwan is settled. That finishes China. Because if we close China off to imports and exports, they cannot sustain their economy for more than six months. We'll be hurt, but nowhere compared to them, because we can continue to trade everywhere. Because our submarines are so good, there is no way they can move, and they have no retaliation. We, we outclass them, Bill. We outclass them by so much. Z would be stunned. If it came to that and he called in his Chinese admirals and said, why didn't you warn me about this? And and they very embarrassed sort of say, well, we didn't think it would come to this. So if we begin to suggest, hey, we'll just quarantine you. We put out a car because of our Navy that Z can't match. Tell me what it looks like. I mean, I guess that means explaining this great Navy and what we got. But what does the quarantine look like? Well, it's, it, it, let me go. There are two different things that happen. First, Z can say that he's going to impose a blockade or a, a quarantine of Taiwan before he really moves against it. Just freeze them out. Stop all their exports of superconductors, and chips, etc., and and force them to come to his side. The president cannot allow that to happen. He has to say. If you do that, we are quarantining you. Second, Z can say the hell with it. I'm pulling everything together and I'm attacking. But do you know to do how in order to do that, we would know 30 to 45 days in advance because he has to pull together over 5,000 ships to attack. I mean, we're not talking about something small. We're talking about mammoth. At that particular point, the president is going to have to take some action. In either case, if he declares, we are not going to allow you to come out of your ports, we're going to quarantine, then we put our attack submarines in places at the key ports, they can't move. They, they, they do not have the capability of taking on our submarines. We're in a different class than they are. What does that mean? They don't have submarines to match ours? or they don't have surface uh, vessels everything. that can get everything. Everything. The reason that they they put the forts in the South China Sea that we foolishly allowed them to on those islands, they're trying to put together an underwater hydrophone system like we have everywhere that alerts your submarines and surface ships to any ship or submarine moving anywhere. But we have them outclassed. I mean, we're just better right now, and we'll be better for the next five years at least. Are we more so we, as well as better? Are we more as well as better? No, no. They, But we don't care. I think our submariners would chuckle, and they'd say, look at all those targets. I mean, I quantity has quantity has a quality all its own, but, but if I have a rifle and you only have a bow and arrow, you're in deep trouble, and that's about the equivalency of what we can do versus them. Wow, wow. Now, that so, might change five or 10 years from now, but it won't change over the next five years. Because we maintain that strength. We have such an edge. I mean, I'm, okay. not, I'm just talking totally classified. You can go to the Council on Foreign Relations reports anywhere that's unclassified. 
we're in a world of our own when it comes to underwater stuff. Well, that's great. Now, I'm sure Z, I'm sure Z's admirals have never come to him and told him that that bluntly. <laughs> you, you what are, happened to Russia? No, I'm are. confident they have not. I mean, I'm you confident, are confident they have, they have not. not. Because Correct. what Z, they, Z, Z would say off with your head? What's wrong with you guys? He would be like, well, in all fairness, he would be mightily pissed off. Here he is okay. blustering, et cetera, and all of a sudden his guys come and say, oh, shoot, we forgot to tell you, if they do this, we're in deep trouble. We've had all these unclassified war games that are in the newspapers lately, indicating that when we fight for Taiwan, we take a lot of casualties, maybe 20,000 dead. They might take 200,000, but we're going to lose a lot of ships. We're going to lose a lot of people. And if Japan's with us, we can probably protect Taiwan, but it's going to be very, very bloody. However, that's why I said in the article, wait, wait, why are you allowing the United States Navy that controls all the seas in the world to say that it's going to fight for only 1% of where these, of the oceans, which advantages Z, rather than say, heck, I'm not going to play your game. I'm going to play my own game. I'm just going to blockade you everywhere. Now see what you're going to do. Okay, okay. Uh, I use the example, going, hmm? I use the example that I think, you know, from, from I thought of it, the great Western ombre. Yeah, where, yeah, where yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Richard, Richard Bloom is <laughs> a classic villain, struts up the hill to poor Paul Newman, who's up there with one rifle, and Bloom says, give me that cash. You don't have a chance. We have you outgunned. And Newman looks at him for a minute, and he said, well, how are you going to get down the hill? And all of a sudden, Boone says, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. And with that, Newman shoots him. So that, you know, it's it's like Z saying, I, I got all this. And all of a sudden, the president says, oh, wait a minute. How are you going to get down that hill? Yeah. Uh, does the uh, current administration know about this idea? I I do not know. I've been trying just to ensure that, that the Navy begins to consider it because it's what we did under President Reagan. This is the example of how it built up under President Reagan. Okay. Okay. If we go if we go back to 1980, just before President Reagan was elected, the view was that the Russians, the Soviet Union, had a huge advantage in Western Europe, and we had to hold the line. But we were very worried that in a blitzkrieg they could get across Germany and into France. And a group of us at the Naval War College and other places said, "Well, wait a minute. What about our Navy?" And and the administration at the time um, under Jimmy Carter came back and said, well, you're irrelevant. So I had done some war games at the Naval War College. And in every single case, Bill, once the war began, the war spread everywhere and our advantages at sea became quite dramatic. And so I suggested to John Lehman, who became secretary of the uh-huh. Navy for yeah. President Reagan, why not start scaring the Soviets by moving our submarines and our carriers up against their flanks where they have their bases? Lehman loved the idea. The president loved the idea. It was called the maritime strategy. And when Gorbachev, before just at the time that he, he quit, said we can't compete with them, he had an anecdote where one of his admirals came into him and said, I need a lot more money for defense on our flanks. And he said, why? And he said, because of the United States Navy. And Gorbachev said that was one of the reasons he decided, I can't compete with these guys. They're everywhere. And we could do the same with China. 
Yeah, I thought I thought that uh, Gorbachev was worried about uh, missile so, defense. He was. This was okay. another. You see what I mean? This this another worry. Yeah, it was just another yeah. arrow in the quiver. All right, so you're talking to Navy people, right? You can Semi, tell our that audience. Whole, some, that, that whole thing is still up in the air. The president hasn't decided who the next chief of naval operations is going to be. He's holding fire on that. Okay, all right. Well, I hope you get through. I mean, I hope you'll talk to them, and I hope you get through. And I think this is a hell of an idea. And I have Thank much, you, uh, I'm much more confident uh, and feel much better about Taiwan, where I thought before I read your article, China's just going to roll over them. We're not going to do anything. And there goes Taiwan. Where's no, of course. And if you if you enable them to pick the time and the and the type of battle you're going to fight, they might be able to do it. My point is, you'd be very foolish to do that. Yeah. Have you Change. talked to that? Uh, you're a Marine. Um, have you talked to that Marine chairman of the subcommittee on China, Gallagher? Sure. I've talked to Mike. Yep. I certainly have. He's a Good. solid. Mike's, Mike's a very solid guy. Yep, I smart, like my smart guy too, isn't he? Uh, he's a Marine, so that's your ah, cover. Ah, 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 ah. Some okay. of your audience will take that one way. Other other parts of your audience may <laughs> take it another, and both parts of your audience might be right at the same time. Well, my younger son uh, knew Mike. You know, know, served with him, and uh, he said, uh, "Guys, off off the charts, smart." So. Uh, maybe not, maybe not in the class of your boy, but, uh, pretty dang, pretty dang on smart. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, very pleased with what I'm seeing out of him, except for all this Green Bay Packer stuff, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, what do you think of, uh, the Tuberville hold on uh, all these, uh, promotions? I am on two minds, but, it, um, the question is when you might have the right idea, but push it in such a way that it hurts your own cause, which may be what's happening to the senator. But on the merits bill, he is positively correct, and that greatly concerns me much much more than China uh, for the following reason. I think we're in about the third century A.D. with the Roman Empire. It it is decaying from within, but the legions can still hold the frontier for a little bit longer. And that's the analogy that I'm using here. Do you know that the biggest problem with recruiting is the exact opposite of what this the National Security Council spokesperson? John Kirby. Yeah, he came out the other day and made the the astonishing statement that um, the right to abortions is a sacred right in the military. Yeah. Where yeah. the hell did that come from? Yeah. And, yeah. and the problem, and he said, it's going to really severely hurt our recruiting if, if, if we don't allow, you know, abortion wherever they want to go or, or whatever. But the the actual fact is the exact opposite. The great the great irony of this whole thing is that the military has gone very liberal woke, uh, and yet the the cohort that will not come into the military are the liberal woke. It's it's, yeah. it's the great irony. There's there's a huge study that indicates for the last fifteen years. They have what they call the propensity to serve. So if a recruiter goes into a high school, he's not looking at everybody. He has a checklist of certain 
kinds of men and women that are inclined, they have a propensity to serve if you can persuade them. That's remained stable for every single group, including uh, black male Americans, Hispanic male Americans, uh, white male Americans, um, at about 15 percent, 13 to 15 percent of people who are, in, who are graduating from high school. The one exception, the one huge exception is a white male Democrat. That group who are the wokers, that group has dropped from a propensity to serve of 13 percent to 2 percent. Wow. The people who are no longer coming into the military are the white male Democrats. And yet, ironically, the Pentagon is doing everything to bend over backwards for them as though they're the ones who need the special treatment. And the, the silliness of it is, no matter what they do, they're not going to persuade those people to come in. So they're gradually antagonizing those who don't agree with that philosophy, and they're not gaining anything from it. It is really yeah. stupid. And listening yeah. to Kirby give me that crap about it's a sacred obligation of the military. The military is self-destructing when it does that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, the, uh, the gradual, uh, gradual disintegration, uh, was that what you said? Gradual disintegration or gradual yeah, uh, discouragement in any, in any case. Yeah. This is, this is what Fox news channel is saying that by being so woke, it's discouraging of uh, your white Southern males, your black, Southern males, your Hispanic males in Texas, um, from joining. Well, there are two different ways, Bill, if I could. Go ahead. The Pentagon argues that the data so far don't substantiate that. And they're quite correct. They're quite correct because because the data data are behind us, not in front of us. So it hasn't hit yet. So they're the kids who are still coming in. Good. The group that is not coming in is that Eight million, eight million white. Uh, no, there are three million white Democrats males who no longer want to serve. That's the cohort. Three million that accounts for about twenty five percent in the past of all the volunteers. They're not coming anymore. No, I understood. They're the, you. Missing, they're the missing cohort. I understood. But uh, do you gradually weaken the resolve? Of the other groups, the groups that have remained steady, uh, as the data shows, by you know by, by talking the way you're talking. In, in my judgment, 100 percent yes, and we know it anecdotally. But because the generals have all jumped onto this woke, they will not admit it, and they will not do the objective studies that would would indicate it. But common sense says, of course, that's happening. But they say, oh no, it isn't. Baloney, it isn't. But it's going to take a while before it finally shows up in the data. It's Five like years. the Fed, It's like no, maybe two. It's like the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve saying, "Oh, we can we can support this and keep everything low." No, the Federal Reserve was exactly wrong. But they didn't wake up until it was too late. Yeah. Okay. All right, Bing. We'll let you go. But all right, you, so it's always it's always great to be up here cheering and having such wonderful news to to spread around. No, this is smart stuff. <laughs> this is really smart stuff. Claude, did you want to say anything or ask anything? No, I think you guys covered the wide scope. I I, I do wonder, however, because, I mean, in your um, piece about uh, Taiwan, I mean, you talked about the fact that it is possible that um, the same way China may not see a, a, a 
complete takeover of Taiwan uh, as necessary, partial in victory. Do you think Russia sees Ukraine that same way, that it's not about taking the entire thing, but just wherever we say we won and we can back out that they could claim it as a victory? Claude, I think you're absolutely correct. I think that is exactly the huge game plan that Putin now has. Put enough pressure on by starving other people and cutting off the sea lanes, which is a disgrace to our United States Navy, until finally Ukraine just has to hit some sort of agreement like we did with in Korea in 1953, and Putin can indicate he got something. And and I think that's the game that he's playing, and I believe that's the game that President Biden is playing. Biden is not playing to win. Biden is playing for a tie. Are we depleting our arsenal? Of course, because we don't have any damn arsenal because we've done away with it. Shame on us. But that's Bill yeah. why I said I think we're like like the third century of, of the Roman yeah. Empire. Yeah, the DK gotcha. is starting from within, not from without. Mm-hmm. Is it also possible maybe China, you know, we talk about why the wait, is it possible they're waiting to see how everything plays out with Russia just to see how far the envelope has been pushed and they'll maybe try a little bit more or or just exactly what Russia did? You're, you, I mean, I think you're on to exactly, Claude, what it, the calculus of Z. Let's let's see how this plays out. He's he can see himself in a pretty strong position if President Biden is reelected or if President Trump is elected. So why he'd be sitting back there saying, well, let's just watch this. Let's just watch this. OK. All right, Claude, don't ask any more questions. You're embarrassing me by being absolutely correct. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bing is absolutely correcting me on everything and saying you're absolutely correct on everything you say. Well, it took me 13 years to in in, in one interview to uh, <laughs> to be able to do that. You're doing great. Thank and, you. And, by, and by the way, Bill, Claude's voice is much more melodious than yours. I can see I he's, the perfect, <laughs> he's the perfect successor. There um, already. 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 All right. <laughs> what is what did what did uh, Justice Holmes uh, say? He had a visitor in his last years, and lady came in and said, "You've been you've had such a wonderful life. Your funeral will just be amazing. I know you're looking forward to it." <laughs> okay. Okay. Ah, that's a <laughs> Yeah, you bet. It'll be an Irish wake, you know, Finnegan's no, wake. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Thank Thank you, you, guys. I appreciate it. Bye. If we've learned anything over the last few years is that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20 percent last year, according to Fidelity. We did not expect that. But here's something that could help you if you have an IRA or 401k physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. What does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. Mark Levin and Joe Montana, my favorite quarterback personally, or maybe Troy Aikman, but that's not the point. Joe Montana, Mark Levin endorse Augusta and recommend them to their friends and family. If you have an IRA or 401k, call Augusta Precious Metals to get their free ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Call 8444-BILL-IRA. That's 8444-BILL-IRA. 
Call Augusta Precious Metals today at 8444-BILL-IRA. That does it for today's show. I'm glad Claude chipped in and raised the average <laughs> IQ of the oh, uh, no, questions. No, 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 no. Uh, I catch up on previous episodes of the show. Go to thebillbennettshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett, and you can like me on Facebook. Just search Claude Jennings. Uh, no. No. <laughs> just, sur- just search. It's coming. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. Please share the podcast with your family and friends. We'll catch up next week.